Time to get real. I want to see some crazy whizbiz. What's the magic made out of, Ding Dong? I want to see some of that whizbiz. Greetings, loyal fans. Welcome back to WizBiz with Alex and Derek, a podcast about Adventure Time. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And this episode, we're going to be discussing Adventure Time Season 1, Episodes 15 and 16. Um, And I am just going to say, Alex, what is life? Uh, I believe that life is a complicated system in which this episode kept getting that song, What is Love, stuck in my head. Oh, like, what is love? Yeah. Baby, Baby don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like it's an unjust universe because of that. I didn't get that song stuck in my head once during this episode. You know, one thing that uh, I thought about a lot during this episode, though, one thing that really, really bugged me is... Nectar, who's, you know, who's a character, but not one of my favorites, is, is like, more active and more, more, like, robot intelligent before Bimo ever does anything. Yes. Like, what the fuck? This what episode, the fuck is up with that? This episode starts out with the bullshit version of Bimo, where Bimo is just a Game Boy, and, he, and he's, being, he's being played by Finn. And I think... My working theory is I bet you they wanted Nipter to be the BMO. Like, I think all the stuff that later became BMO, they probably had their hearts set on Nipter and it just didn't work. But Nipter is an awful character. True. It, it's a stupid character. It's never been even remotely... Nipter's never been as cute as BMO. Nipter's never been as interesting as BMO. Yes. And Nipter's like half Ice King. But Nectar was more interesting than Bimo in this episode. True. What I mean is I think maybe the the things they wanted, you know, the things that eventually became Bimo were informed by the <laughs> failure that is Nectar. <laughs> so there were there were three I counted three video game machines in this episode. There was there was Bimo. Yeah. There was the the one in the book, you know, where it was like yes. the girl in love. What was it? Uh Oh crap, I wrote it down somewhere. The young girl in love playing video games. She was she was playing video yes. games. And then the third one was the uh, the Ice King's video game machine. Yeah, he's got some weird holographic uh that weird it, it looks like that um that crappy Game Boy virtual the virtual boy. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's uh what is it? There's a the magic missiles. There's there's a magic missile reference, a D and D reference yes. in the Ice King's video game. Um and, you know, uh, and yeah, none of the video game machines are all that interesting. I mean, BMO just sits there. It's sad because I miss BMO a lot because I've only been watching the episodes for this show. And being yeah. reminded my friend BMO not being there is is upsetting to me. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. We talked about this. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, uh, happy birthday again, Alex. Oh, thank you. I know uh, that by the time um, our audience listens to this, you'll already be well advanced into your new year. But um, uh, Alex had this really good birthday party. I did. I, I, I invited uh, my close friends out to uh, a local 
drinking establishment mm-hmm. and uh, quite a few showed up. I mean, quite a few for me. Yeah. And uh, we hung out and talked and had some drinks and it, it was, was lovely. It was a really, really interesting group of people. I had a lot of really good conversations and there were a lot of podcasters there. There was John from John and Alex Hates Stuff. Yeah, he I'm was sure there. everybody's heard of that show. It's where uh, this guy named John and some other dude that yeah. I can't remember. D- Deadweight. Yeah, yeah Deadweight. Uh, they uh, watch movies and review them. I was on an episode of that where we talked about the new Dune movie, and I really, really loved it. Um, and then there was um, your friend from TMI Tuesdays. Yes, Steph. Steph. Who Steph has actually been on this show before as well. One of the one of Not the this rare. Show. Oh, sorry, on uh, on um, John and Alex Hate stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should bring her on this show. Maybe she she might have a good time talking about Adventure Time. But um, it was really it was really fun. It was really fun talking to people. Uh, it's kind of fun hanging out with other uh, indie podcasters who have you know similar sized audiences because I spend a lot of time you know lurking in. Um, you know, professional podcasting spaces where, where I am, I am merely a speck of dirt on the wall. Yeah. Not even, not even rated high enough to be a fly. And uh, so, yeah, it was really fun. It was fun. I really enjoyed your, your birthday party. Well, I was, I was glad. I was glad you showed up. I'm glad we all got together. It seems like no one got COVID from it, which no. was great. Yeah. 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 Oh, but the lament that I expressed during that birthday party and that I think I've expressed to you since then is I really, really miss watching Adventure Time as just sort of like a, a, a like a time filling thing. Like Adventure Time, each episode is like 12 to 15 minutes long and it's perfect. You know, if you're sitting, you're like, oh, God, the bus doesn't leave for half an hour. I've got time to watch an episode of Adventure Time. Or, oh, my friend Charlie isn't picking me up for 20 minutes. I've got time to watch an episode of Adventure Time. And I haven't done that because I don't want to screw up my HBO Max thing and lose my place. So I have to figure out, I have to figure out a better way. I have to be able to watch Adventure Time as a coping mechanism to get through the rest of my life. Yeah, we got to find like an alternate streaming place. So, you know, you're, you're, or get like, oh, you, what you can do is I think on HBO Max, you can set another account. Oh, you should set up Eric too, and that can be your uh, adventure time it, coping uh, mechanism. Uh, mental health, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> or or we could use the tools provided to us by our podcast hosting provider to track where we are, so that I won't lose track. That's that's my plan. Yeah, I mean that's one way to do it. <laughs> I, I, I like the other way where we uh, obfuscate our identities via. Uh, HBO Max sign-ins. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know if you noticed, but I brought an extra bag today. Yes. It's a giant bag of butter. Uh, yeah, I was wondering what that was about. Well. <laughs> Splunk. Oh, man. <laughs> Ultimate prank. Butter pranked. <laughs> uh, that, that's that got to be a, just not a very pleasant odor in that treehouse. Oh, my after God. That prank. Nothing in that treehouse is going to smell good. You know, one of the things that I've been noticing as uh, season one goes on is, is Finn's voice is cracking more and more often. Oh, okay. Which means yeah. that he is is going through the puberty. Yes, I've heard he tell of this. probably smells like ass. He's the last human, which means there's no more deodorant. There might be no more toothpaste. Mm. He probably and and he lives near the Candy Kingdom. Yeah, you know he's eaten a lot of candy. He probably smells like uh, everybody's smelliest uncle's worst armpit day. I'm pretty sure we see him brush his teeth though. 
in multiple episodes. So that's yeah. off the table. Okay. But armpits? Yes. Pits must be rank. Yeah. Um, especially like butter being thrown everywhere. Yeah. It's not a pleasant thing. No. No. But uh, Eric, you, uh, the, the main question for you, though, is what is life? Oh, oh. What is life? Does it please you to watch me struggle? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, short answer, long you, answer. You yeah, know, um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip, I'm gonna dip into a little bit of my occult lore to answer this question. Please, um, in the Asclepius, which is an early uh, Hermetic text from probably like I don't know the second century or so, famous for having a staff. Famous for having a staff, uh, not a staff. No, he could have had a staff. I don't know. He yeah. he might have. He yeah. might have. We know he had a we know he had a a, a tet and a Hermes and an Ammon, but maybe yeah. no staff. He talks about how anything that can move of its own accord is should be considered to be ensouled and therefore alive. Oh, I like that. Which means, Neptune is alive. The minute that the minute that first lightning bolt hits him, which I really want to talk about here in a second, the minute that first lightning bolt hits him, Nepter's alive. That's interesting. I like this guy's theory. I've been thinking about this a lot about like what what the the nature of the soul is or whether mm-hmm. or not it exists. I like the idea of like yeah, if you're moving on your own accord, it doesn't matter if you're the lowest of amoeba to the the highest of Eric Arnesons. Yeah, it is. It is your your kind of independent movement through life. Mm-hmm. It gives you a soul. It does. Yeah, yeah, I I like that a lot, too. All right, so lightning bolts. Lightning oh, wait, bolts. Well, oh, wait, wait, very quickly. Okay, okay. I do like the idea that Finn's response to getting pranked is complete flip out that he's going to prank him back. And his idea of a prank is a never-ending pie-throwing robot. And you know what? I made robots just like that when I was a kid, where you, like, go down to the garage, you just get a bunch of junk together, and you, like... I don't know. He used, it looked like he used scotch tape. I didn't realize 3M still existed in Adventure Time. Yeah. But, you know, you just sort of stick a bunch of shit together and you're like, it's a robot. And then you're like, oh, it's not moving. Oh. Yeah. I used to make uh, bottles of poison. Ooh. <laughs> with, uh, you know, just like random spices and stuff in the kitchen. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I definitely made uh, plenty of, uh, of robots and, and things like that. You know, uh, you know, just so much junk. I just had a childhood memory. Can I share childhood memories on this podcast? I give you permission. Okay. So when I was a kid, my parents got a new appliance of some sort. I don't remember what it was. It ended up being a big box, but, you know, I was like eight. So maybe it was a new TV. Maybe it was a new oven. I honestly don't remember. Something larger than an eight-year-old. Yeah, something larger than an eight-year-old. And so, of course, my... Uh, little brother Nick and I got super excited. We're like, oh my God, a box. Because, you know, we had cats, but we were apparently worse than cats. Yes, also cat-like. So we got the box. We dragged it back to our bedroom. I think he and I were sharing a room at the time, so we had like a bunk, bunk beds in the room. And um, we made a cardboard spaceship out of that. And it was not complicated. Like we had like uh, a Sharpie and a pair of scissors. So we probably like cut a couple windows and drew some really badly drawn buttons and control panels on things. And we got in that cardboard spaceship and we had put so much work into it and put so much imagination into it. We were like, 
you know, our parents are like, oh, it's dinner time. And we're like, we're not coming to dinner. We're going to blast off to outer space. And we got on the spaceship and we blasted off to outer space. And I remember whatever the hell was up with blasting off into outer space, I got, I made myself homesick in a cardboard box. Oh, that's awesome. And I started crying and I ran out and I was like, oh God, mom and dad, I missed you so much. And I had dinner. I don't remember what dinner was. It was probably like, I don't know, mac and cheese, hot dogs. Who knows? Yeah. Childhood food. Yeah. Yeah. Pies. Pies. Uh, well, that's adorable, Eric. Thanks. Um, Thanks. Let us let us not be uh, forgetful. Lightning. I interrupted you. Lightning. Okay. So there's two instances of lightning. Three. Three lightnings in this. So first of all, there's the weird lightning bolt that comes down out of nowhere and hits um, hits shitty Nectar and imbues him with life. Mm-hmm. Like Frankenstein's monster style yes. brings Nectar to life. Uh, Neptune comes to life, but of course, since he was crafted by Finn, the 10-year-old boy or whatever, he's basically still just a piece of shit. Like, yeah, he, he can't My tricks go don't anywhere. roll, they only skid. Yeah, he yeah. only skids. His arm doesn't work very well. Yes. His, his, his uh, microwave portion doesn't do anything. And he bemoans, he bemoans his creator. Why he did bemoans. you create me like this? Yeah, and that's just like, does it please you to watch me struggle, creator? So the second lightning bolt is a lightning bolt in the bowels of the Ice King's cave where, you know, Finn and Neptar go through, you know, their their hijinks and their adventure to go down into the caverns below the Ice, Ice King's cave. And there's like some weird ass machine down there with lightning bolts that look like they came straight out of uh, Love and Thunder. Yes. Uh, oh. Just hanging out in this machine. Um, and of course, those all, those all get destroyed by the Isopede. But... Then the third lightning bolt is that the Ice King, whom, oh, sorry, who, who I thought, wait, whom I thought, nope, hmm. Well, he's the. Who or whom who, I thought. Whom I thought, because if you ask it as a question, the answer is him, therefore right, whom. Right, right. Yeah. Whom I thought shot bolts of ice from his fingers. Turns out he shoots lightning bolts as well. Yeah, I mean, both we- like weather related. That seems that seems all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, but there is definitely, I, and I, I think that we should be watching this in future episodes of Adventure Time. Is there a precedent set up that lightning in Adventure Time somehow confers life? Like maybe lightning is what brought candy to life or what brought fire to life or what brought slime to life. Like, Yeah, let's think about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not sure that we have the answer yet. I think that's something that we got to watch for. Yes. Do you remember – I don't remember this part. I wrote the phrase sentient ice steals wallet. It wasn't the ice. It was the balloons. The balloons steal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I wrote that. (laughs) I did discover, I think my favorite new crime is going to be pranking and entering. Oh, yes. Yes, it's fun. Uh, I did like the little uh, vaudevillian act between Gunther and Ice King where yeah, Gunther is trying to like warn him and you know, they're doing the old, what's that? I don't know. It- this was uh, Gunther's first appearance. Neptar and Gunther share a first appearance. Now, Gunther is a character that I love. Wait, like, really? He wasn't yeah. in the... Because we we've first... had the Ice King a few times. Yeah, but he has he he might have had penguins, but he didn't have Gunter. This is oh, the first okay. time Gunter shows up. Wow. Um, and I have to say, Gunter is is one of my favorites. Like he's a villain for sure. Most of the time, he is as inept or worse than the Ice King. But but I love him, and I'm yeah. really really uh, you know I mean the show couldn't be the show without Gunter. Yeah, Gunter's great. Uh, he gets a 
reincarnation backstory as the seasons go on. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Ice King hits Neptor with another lightning bolt, and as he puts it, and infused, it with, him. infused with my private particles. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> what it's a, so gross. What a, what a delightful, <laughs> delightful turn of phrase. Yes, and Neptor gets somewhat evil, kind of half evil, half Oh, yeah, 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 he really starts to turn evil. Yeah, and that's that's really creepy. Yeah, so, so the lightning bolts, oh, God, it's... They fix things about Neptur that they shouldn't fix, like the burnt out light bulb inside yeah. Neptur's, you know, microwave body is fixed. Like all these things in Neptur suddenly work, like his treads work. He, he can make pie from nowhere all of a sudden. Yeah. Like Neptur has the power of creation. Well, maybe that wasn't a microwave. Maybe that was a replicator. Yeah, but still, like how, where, pie? Maybe slightly before the mushroom war, they created the replicator. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Finn beats the shit out of Ice King. You know, again, yeah, violence yeah. solves all problems. Well, yeah, but but something really important happens before that. What's that? The Imagination Zone. We have to talk about the Imagination Zone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like the fact that the Ice King can, like, teleport into his own imagination and take people with him has has major implications. It's too bad you don't really see this again, from what I remember. I think you might. I oh, really? Think, I think we do. Okay, so first of all... Uh, one. This is an important piece of trivia. The imagination zone. When you see like all the princesses around the Ice King, um, fourteen of those princesses had not been introduced yet. So, f- so it was the first appearance of like fourteen of those princesses. Where the hell did you pull that from? I used the internet. I used this tool called the internet. Then some other extremely nerdy person did all the counting. Okay. For me. I thought you were going to talk about the the weird wiki thing you referenced earlier is why I pitched that to you. Oh, I, I think I got that off the weird wiki thing. Yeah, there, uh, I think it's on fandom. I don't know. But there's yeah. a great Adventure Time wiki that has lots of really good information. So here's here's the thing that I feel that I feel like the imagination zone is sort of here's the implication. So later on, the Ice King has these fantasies of a female Finn. And a female Jake. Yes. Uh, Fiona and Cake. Fiona and Cake, correct. And he <clears throat> writes about them in, uh, in, in like, fan. He, do, he basically does fanfic, you know, the Fiona and Cake fanfic stuff. Yeah. A lot of Rule 34 in there. It's really oh, gross. It's really, yeah. it's really disturbing. But um, there are plenty of times, I think, in the future that we'll, we'll run into Fiona and Jake having hints of being somewhat real and i feel like there's even an episode where they show up in real in the real world in the real ooh world anyhow that sounds vaguely familiar i'm not 100 percent sure that. i think we're talking like six seasons <clears throat> yeah yeah but uh but i think that it's interesting that the imagination zone and that sort of like that sort of i don't know semi-reality of it the fact that like both nestor and finn get transported into the imagination zone and get to see how the Ice King's imagination works. I think that that has, uh, I think that that has something to do with uh, Fiona and Cake being real later on. No, I like it. It's a good theory. There, um, I was looking on the Adventure Time subreddit, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody made a reference that I think they're making a Fiona and Cake show. Really? Yeah. I didn't look too deep, uh, but I, I saw a couple references to it over there. I just joined like a couple weeks ago. And I've seen a couple of references, so I think maybe that's going to happen. Yeah. That sounds really good. I, yeah. I would watch that. I miss Adventure Time. <laughs> yeah. As I've said so many times. Uh, yeah, you should start a podcast about it. The lament, the lament. 
<laughs> uh, so when they get back to the treehouse, epic prank off screen of Jake just getting wailed on by by pies by pies, and uh, it's a nice ending. But no, it's not quite the end. There's a little wrap up denouement in uh-huh. which we go back into the Ice King's Imagination Kingdom, and it's him and Nectar there hanging out. Oh God, it's so sad. Yeah, it's the first hint I think we see of like the. The, the the bitter sadness at the core of the yeah. Ice King. Yeah, what we'll, we'll later refer to as, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, uh, the Simon in the Ice King. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's totally the Simon in the Ice King. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's rough and um, it's good. Good episode, oh, even man. though it's, yeah. it's not um, not our favorite character. Not a big Neptor fan myself either. Yeah, but yeah. Good episode. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, uh, there are some stinkers in season one. Uh, we, we've we've covered a yeah. couple of them, but this episode, even though it's a Nectar episode, um, there's so much going on in it that I I I, I really liked it. I had kind yes. of forgotten how much I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it's a goodie, and uh, Nectar doesn't rap or do anything overly obnoxious. So you know. oh god, but he's going to. Yes, he he's definitely <laughs> going to rap. So for every but for every time you think about that, just think we're gonna Bemo's gonna be our friend again soon, and. We're so going to hang soon, out with Marceline so more and all of, all the good people are going to happen more and more and we can deal with Nectar. Oh, and we're going to get some pet butts. Yeah, yeah. Pet butts is going to be showing up more and more and yeah. the world the world is going to start to be great. Yeah. So we yeah. can de- we can deal with a little bit of wrapping Nectar. We can do it. We can do it. I agree. I'm, I'm just, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. All right, Eric, before we start another segment, I have some candy that I want you to try. Can't we, can't this be a segment? Well, yeah, but I mean, you like, know. Um, like, Hey kid, you want some candy? Yeah, no, that's a good name for a segment. Hey, hey, hey little boy, you want hey, some candy? Hey little boy, you want yeah. some candy? Just eat it. You're, just your mom. Your mom sent me to pick you up at school. You just get into my candy. van. So uh, this is old man candy that I've okay. that I've been a fan of since I was like in like I don't know fucking middle school or something. Well, that's great because you're an old man now. I am an old man now. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is uh, uh, C. Howard's Violet Mints. Ooh, and they're violet and they're mints. Okay, they're not mints. They're just called that for uh, you know namesake are we supposed to do like some asmr stuff into the microphone nah, just try it give it okay. a sniff first they smell great so these are uh lavender little i guess you'd call them pastels i will tell you i'll tell you what these smell like they smell like they're gonna have that kind of like chalky um sugary texture that like those little uh uh valentine's day hearts have yes they're a little more solid than that but th- very similar Oh wow! Oh, those taste great. They are uh, sweet and kind of starchy at first, but pleasant and mild. And they've got like a an aroma or a, an aromaticness. To it, them. Like it, it's it goes into your sinuses as if it's like menthol, but it's not menthol at all. It's just it's got that same like mm. I don't know effervescence the wrong word, but noservescentness to it. They do have like oh man the the violetness though. It, it 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 infuses your head. It feels yeah. like it feels like walking into a witchy shop where they've got violet incense yes. burning. Wow, those yeah. are great. Yeah, they're they're delightful. I'm glad you enjoy them. Uh, everybody, please uh, buy from C Howard's. I think it's C Howard or G. You have to put a link to this in the show notes. There's a link in the show notes. To I, a place. I mean, the the chances of me remembering to do that are you're gonna have to you're, you're gonna have to send in twenty five cents to. Uh, Grandpa Howard, uh, yeah. somewhere in um, upstate New York, or perhaps Maine. I think they actually are from New York. <laughs> yeah, Bell Point, New York. Good yeah. call. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, so real segment. Okay. Um, Wait, no, that was a segment. I feel like that's going to be a segment now. 
Okay. Uh, hey, step into my van and have some candy. Hey, little boy, you want to? You want some candy? <laughs> uh, okay. Back to established segments. Established segments. But with a little twist. Hey, look at this shiny rock I found. But apparently, Eric, Eric here, man, man of words himself, has a shiny rock to offer us. I have not just one shiny rock, or perhaps what I should say is, I have a shiny rock that offers many. How do I do this? Should I use it in a sentence? Do I just tell you the word? Tell me the word, and I can. And I'll, I, usually, I say the word, and then you try to guess it. So let's. Go okay, the other okay, way. but you can't be using your computer when I do this. I, I'm not. I mean, unless the word is the one that I have planned, which would oh, be really geez. crazy. Okay, okay. Yeah. The word is polyorchidism. It means having uh, more than the normal number of testicles. You just uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay, use it in a sentence. Um, the man with the chromosomal disorder was suffering from polyorchidism. Oh, that's such a boring sentence. So the, the, the other thing, okay, well, here's a good sentence for related word. Um, did you know that Hitler was often referred to as being a mono orchid? Yes, I have yeah. heard that. Is uh, it true? I don't think it is, but, um, uh. yeah, that's the reason I know what polyorchidism is because I know mono orchidism. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mispronounced both those words, but you knew what I was saying. Well, you know. Don't let my knowing what that word means uh, dissuade you. I tried. It I brought a, a shiny rock. It was a very good shiny rock. No, no, this was a shaggy dog joke. You know, I brought the shiny rock. You looked at it and you're like, that's not so shiny. But I think that's going to be shiny for like 99% of the audience. Yeah, mm. but it doesn't matter what th- those, that audience shows up to hear one of us be like, I don't know what that word means. And then have a conversation about what the word means. So now, now the rock isn't shiny anymore. In fact, there are at least three of them, and none of them are shiny because it's polyorchidism. That's it's a good point. Polydolorchidism. For me, I care about what the audience thinks. So, yeah. Well, wait, hold on. Wasn't I just saying that I also cared? No. We both care. <laughs> no, you're saying you don't care because <laughs> since one of us. Anyway, I'm going to give you a shiny rock. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, sciography. Um. Isn't that where you sign your checks using your sciatic nerve? That might be a secondary definition. I don't have that up right now. Ah, damn. Okay, what is it? Sciography. Sciography or sciography. It is uh, a branch of science uh, of the perspective dealing with the projection of shadows or delineation of an object in perspective with its gradations of light and shadow. Oh. Um, So basically... Shining a light on something and making the shadows look like something else, like that's seography, like the the way the shadows bend. But there's a there's You're a talking about of, like making the dog with your hand and stuff. Somewhat, yeah. There's a there's a branch I of art that. in seography where far, far, you have like a pile of garbage. Sometimes you'd see like in an art museum, and then you turn on the uh, uh, like a spotlight, and you see that on the wall projected behind it is like the figure of like a beautiful woman that oh, can't yeah. be seen okay, until okay. yeah. I've seen that. I've yes. Seen that. So that is a uh, seography. Oh, well, that's a good one. And, uh, and your, and I suppose your shadow you have... dog was great, but there's not enough light for me to prove that it worked. But you knew, looking at it, that I was making the shadow dog. I did. Um, or, or like a shadow duck. It could be a shadow goose. No, that's that's like a shadow snake. <laughs> that, that might be a shadow snake. You know, uh, all of these shadow, all of these... Sciography. Uh, sci- all of these sciographic images... Uh, are lost on our listeners since this is a podcast and not a uh, YouTube channel. So, but True. but just trust us; we're we're experts at casting shadows upon walls and shade upon each other. Correct. <laughs> Speaking of casting shade, Ooh. I have no segue. The next episode we're going to discuss is episode sixteen, 
ocean of fear. Oh, I loved this one so much. This episode, when this episode first came out in season one, I do not know if the writers of the show knew what a core episode it would be, nor do I think any viewer of the show ever suspected Mm. how much this episode had to do with the story of Finn. Yes, the enduring mystery of why he is the the last human. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, it is really interesting. I wonder if Mr. Ward had a backstory in mind. Or this was something that later when he figured out the backstory went, oh, I can, that can tie into the fear of oceans thing. Okay. This makes me, this makes me want to ask you a question about, uh, so you recently got the boxed set of Adventure Time that has some commentary tracks. Is there commentary for this episode? No. The, the box set. So here, okay. There may be, but not on my box set. So here's, here's the problem. Okay. Okay. I found reference that the first, they said first four seasons had commentary on it. Uh-huh. That some of the commentary had to get edited so there'll be like weird like ukulele music instead of commentary because they talked about more adult stuff than they than uh, Cartoon Network felt should be on, uh, on the bullshit. DVD. This is Adventure Time. So I bought the box set and only on the first DVD, I've only put the first two in, but the first DVD said it has a setting that says commentary and there's four episodes and they're not very deep. It's mostly John DiMaggio laughing a lot. Uh, but I heard no ukulele music. So I feel like there's more out there. And um, if anybody out there has like a mega upload link or a torrent we can download, that'd be great. Because the set I bought uh, does not have that. And it is somewhat annoying. Well, I would love to know. I would really, really love to know if Pendleton Ward had Finn's backstory in mind this early on. Like, it, it just feels so much like... Uh, the whole thing about Finn being the last human is kind of a, um, you know, just sort of a, a conceit to have, you know, a, re- a, a relatable character in this world full of cartoons. Yeah. But anybody who has watched all of Adventure Time knows why Finn is afraid of the ocean. It's explained in like season bazillion. So let, here's what I'm going to posit. Okay. I, and this is slightly spoilery for season eight or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. I would think that Pendleton Ward, when this episode is written, probably had in his mind that there is a there's still a Atlantis like colony or not Atlantis like, but there's a there's a still a human colony on an island somewhere. Okay, and yeah. that he probably had like oh ocean would be a, you know whatever that's the, that's the thing that will stop Finn from ever finding the rest the, of the, the rest of the humans yeah. or something vaguely like that. I very much doubt the kind of complicated storyline that later came out was anywhere near as complicated. I think it's probably just really rough sketch. There's probably an island somewhere that there's still humans on. That's a really good, that's, I think that's a, I think that's a really good theory and, uh, and it's very, very plausible to me. I think that that makes sense. Yeah. As someone that's like written, you know, fair amount of fiction, I feel like that's the way that a writer works, you know, at least somebody like, you know, somebody like me and Pendleton, you know, best buds. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. Me and Penn, you know, we go way back. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's completely afraid of the ocean. And we learn that by we start mid-adventure that we don't know the background of. of With the fire newt. Yeah, Finn and Jake uh, uh, chasing down a fire newt because he stole boots, which uh, seems to be a running theme in season one. If you one. steal the boots, you get the poots. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yes, that is their punishment is that they will uh, go and uh, poot on them or as a, a release flatus. Yes, yes. I don't, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like the other word for it. 
Um, I'm not sure uh, what the other word is, but I will tell you. Pass a wind. I will tell you uh, that I have some really good trivia about this episode that you're really going to enjoy. So, um, so, so anyhow, the newt escapes into the water. Jake's out there farting on him and stomping on him and kicking his ass. And when Finn tries to approach the water, it's all like, you know, visions of terror and fear. And he like can't approach it. He has no idea why. Like Finn is a hero. He wants to be a hero. You know, he, he wants to do the hero thing and he can't get close to the ocean. And the ocean scares the shit out of him. And it's amazing. And then, and then... <laughs> Luke Skywalker comes out of his belly button. Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill plays the. Oh, I thought that was Tom Kenny. Oh, I didn't realize that was. That's Mark Hamill. Oh no shit. Yes. Oh yeah. So like a a jinn comes out of uh, Finn's belly. Oh a yeah. Creature of creature of smoke. Cloud of black smoke comes billowing out of Finn, and it's and it's and it's totally Luke Skywalker. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he's, you know, saying you're a failure, you're afraid of this, mm-hmm. you'll never get over your, your fear of oceans. And the first time we see Finn really f- fail at something, because he... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he's like, no, I'm going to do it, and tries to run into the ocean and just completely fails at it. It's yeah. also the first time we see Jake uh, fail at uh, protecting Finn, right? Or Jake fail at um, knowing how to save Finn. Yes. Because, uh, and, uh, you know, there, something really interesting happens... Um, at least I thought this was really interesting. Jake is like, oh, the problem is your feet. And he grabs Finn's feet and he helps him out a little bit later. Helps him out a little bit to like walk towards the ocean. But then later on, when Finn actually has to go into the ocean, he realizes that it is his body and he knocks himself out to drop into the oh, ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it is Finn versus his body. He is having, his soul is having trouble controlling the fear that is, that is embedded in his body. Yeah. I really, really love that. There's a very funny line in this episode that I don't want to go past. Okay, okay. And uh, it is, Finn is freaking out. And he's like, we need to figure out what to do now. And, and Jake's idea is, yeah, let's start a business of being afraid of the ocean. <laughs> that is such a stupid line. And that really got me. Like that, I I've, I forgot about that. It is so just absurdist uh, really yeah yeah sorry i just I, like i want to like give it off my cap at you uh mr writer man that you <laughs> that you keep up with a hilarious line i think one of the interesting things we see about jake in this episode is um is he doesn't really understand uh, uh normal mortal fear right like when we see jake afraid uh so far in the show it's like he's afraid of of Marceline, the Vampire Queen, who's like yeah. who's like a terrifying supernatural threat. A Virginia Woolf, um, which everybody yeah. is. Or he's yeah. afraid in the uh, in the episode where he doesn't want to um, uh, apologize to the Garden Witch. Actually, even then, he's not really afraid. He's just sort of like, you know, I don't, I'm not doing he's this. He's prideful. He's yeah. prideful. But like even here in this episode, we don't really see him comprehending Finn's fear. Yeah, uh, and we we've made this point a few times before about how like Jake's role, um, especially in a lot of the early episodes is like Finn's protector. Like he's always there to just make sure that, that Finn, the, the last human, the, the most mortal creature on the planet um, doesn't fall into, you know, any of the myriad of dangers. Like he's always just there to protect Finn. But now when Finn is facing like psychological trauma and psychological danger, Jake's got no clue. He's like, I don't understand what the heck is wrong with you. Like, just yeah, 
it's the ocean. The ocean's your friend. And his his method of solving it is great where yeah, just... he he ties Finn up in his bed, recreates their bedroom, and floats oh, it on the ocean. God. And then this ah, nightmare ah. sequence of their bedroom ah. just disintegrating around Finn. And this is this is uh, Jake's idea of getting him to calm down. It is it is uh, Cronenbergian in its horrors. I kind of freaked out in that sequence. Yeah. I was sort of like myself. I was like, holy shit, what? I'm not afraid yeah. of the ocean. But what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, things go horrible. Uh, there's a submarine and Jake's uh, another wonderful line from Jake that teaches. That's the not ab- just any submarine. That's the sea cucumber. Yes, the sea yeah. cucumber. Yeah. Uh, and Jake has a wonderful line, which another really great message to teach kids is there's no reason to be afraid of things that are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> which is. Especially my van. <laughs> yeah, that is. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got a really good jawline. You want some, you want some lavender candy. Uh uh, wonderful. So uh, they the submarine sinks because of Finn freaking out and mm-hmm. yada yada. And they yeah, end up on that little island. Yes. Okay. So on that little island, we see the snail. Yes, the snail's there. Yeah, very just, obvious. Just yeah. for a very brief, like one shot, the snail is there waving, which is super cute. Uh, there's also a tank. Oh, you know, like a tank. military yeah, tank. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this episode that uh, references the post-apocalyptic stuff, which. Yeah. We brought up a number of times before, but even down on like the ocean floor, like you know, there's there's abandoned buildings. Yeah, it's like, all city sunken yeah, city. Yeah. Like it's great. Like this this episode really leans into that. But uh, Finn and Jake, they never even bat an eye. Like they live in the post apocalyptic landscape. They don't. Yeah, really totally. Yeah. About it. Finn, in order to overcome his fear of uh, of the ocean, seeing Jake drowning, mm-hmm. is he smashes himself in the head with a wrench, so he'll yeah. sink to the bottom with him. Because he yeah. has to overcome his body. Like that's yes. the thing that I that I was so that was so uh, like it, it's it's him. It is most heroic, really. Like he's like, I have to save Jake. There's nothing. There's no other choice. My body won't let me do this, so I'm just tricking yeah. it. Um, and he does. He saves Jake and. And it's great. And then he freaks out again. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, I don't know if there's well, he, he does um overcome it at some point because by the time we're in islands, you know, Jake oh, yeah, and but Jake we, and Finn are, are we'll, sailing. We'll, we'll get to that, yeah, much yeah, later. Yeah. yeah, and that's like, you know, he'll he'll be in a he'll be a like seventeen by then. Yeah. Sixteen or seventeen by then. So uh a couple things about this episode. Do you want me to talk about Cool trivia or cool occult stuff first? Let's go cool trivia first. Okay, first, Mark Hamill is not the only famous person in this episode. John DiMaggio from Futurama is in it. He plays Jake the dog. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, now, who else? Clancy Brown. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the narrator who talks oh, at the beginning and the end yeah, where there okay, are those, yeah. those quotes about fear. Anyhow, those quotes about fear are attributed to somebody named uh, Pat McHale. So Pat McHale was um, somebody who helped sort of do uh, show running and writing and stuff in the first season of Adventure Time. But he might be more well known for later on going on to create a an incredible animated series called Over the Garden Wall. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know if he actually said those quotes about fear. He didn't actually work on this episode, but they just used his name. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Over the Garden Wall is, is a delight. Yeah, I would. Yeah, anybody anybody who has enjoyed Adventure Time would delight in Over the Garden Wall. And 
it's fall. It's Halloween season. Uh, this episode's going to come out after Halloween. But if it was coming out before Halloween, Over the Garden Wall is a great Halloween show. Correct. Uh, now, what was your occulty stuff? Okay. Unless so, you have more trivia. Um, More trivia. Hold on. Hold on. Let me check my notes. Uh, did I already talk about how the Fear Feaster is, is Luke Skywalker? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, the Fear Feaster is Luke Skywalker. Wait, did from you know Star that? Wars? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. Yeah. He also was the Joker in some of the animated Batman nah, stuff. You're thinking of Heath Ledger. No, no, no. He was in the You're thinking live... of Jared Leto. Okay, maybe I am. You're thinking of Cesar Romano. Oh, the best Joker. Yeah. Yes, yes. You're thinking of... Okay, shut up, boy blunder. <laughs> I can't remember another one. Yeah. Uh, okay, occult stuff. So I did get this off of the Adventure Time wiki that I mentioned earlier. Okay. But I thought mm-hmm. that it was kind of an interesting um, reference. Uh, again, like a lot of times in some of these early episodes, earlier episodes it's hard to separate the occult stuff from the D stuff and it's hard to really know if i think the occult stuff the occult references are really explicit or not um yeah but and they're also you know the occult stuff informed D, so there's like a you know recursal kind of thing happening yeah, yeah that's true that's true that's true um at the end of the episode it's uh resolved by um finn farting out a magic limousine um, yeah, he basically farts out like weird thought form egregores to, yeah, to yeah. help him. Yeah. And out of the magic limousine are three wise men or three kings. They sprout out of the limousine and lecture the the fear feaster. Um, and the three wise men have uh, symbols on them or colors on them that associate with them with the three humors. Uh, yellow bile being the one in the middle um, and then blood and phlegm, uh, leaving the fear feaster to, oh, to be, be black, yeah, black yeah, bile yeah. and all of those have uh, planetary correspondences. You know, Black Bile is Saturn. Um, I believe I don't remember all the rest of them. I didn't. I didn't look them all up. But I got this off of the Adventure Time Wiki, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, that's interesting." I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it's uh, explicit enough to matter or important enough to matter. But I thought it was kind of an interesting. No, it is interesting. The uh, the, the biles or the humors is interesting humors, to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that seems like something they probably would have done on purpose. It yeah. does. I, I do believe that they would have done it on purpose, but uh, but again, since they only played you know tangential roles in the episode, it's really difficult to know if that was uh, significant. So yes, that was the ocean of fear. It was oceanic. It was fearful. Good God, y'all! All right, what's our? We we must have some wrap up segments. Some segments to go at the end of the show. Well, yeah, you you have some show and tell that I thought maybe we could uh, finish the episode out with. I do have some show and tell. You know, the show and tell that I'm most interested in showing is the one that is going to annoy you the most. Is that cool with you? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'll uh, I'll make sure that there's a link to this delightful machine in the show notes. But um, one of the recent Christmases, maybe this most recent one, my, my little brother, Nick Arneson, nickarnesonmusic.com, go check out his stuff. He got me a um, Korg mini drum machine. It is small. It is tiny. How big do you think that is? I'm going to say that's about seven inches by five inches. Yeah. If you folded it in half, it'd fit in a pint glass pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to, I'm just going to play a little bit of drum music here. A little bit of the old drums. Uh, Okay, Alex, you've got a choice. 8-beat, 16-beat, rock, metal, pop, R&B, jazz, Latin, or dance? 
I mean, obviously Latin. Okay, okay. And then um, you can... Oh, different Latin, sorry. There we go. That fits more. Yes. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. To be honest with you, this is a weird fucking segment even for us. <laughs> okay, okay. It also, it can do drum pad mode. So you're hitting things right now. Is oh, no, I got that. I just, okay, got it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it's 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 my delightful tiny show and tell thing. It, it is it is a fine um, drum pad. Yeah, I'm really happy with this little tiny drum pad. You can do a lot of fun stuff with it. My main complaint with it is that it doesn't have like a really easy way to plug into recording software very well. It's oh, really? The, yeah. the, the main output is just like a little headphone jack thing, oh. which is kind of a bummer. But uh, it's fun. So I just hope. I just hope everybody out there appreciates. Yeah, it's funky. How cool. Look, I'm doing a fade out because I'm cool. I mean, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> That's... That's my main show and tell. I carried that all the way over here just to, um, just to show you. I thought it would. No, it's a, it's a, it's a fine drum machine. Thank you, thank you. Thank uh, you. I just I don't really know what I'm supposed to say to that. Just yeah, it's drum sounds. It's drum sounds. Yeah. It's drum sounds. Um, yeah, and then the other show and tell thing I have is the Spoopy Tarot, which uh, my hope is that everybody listening to this uh, had a chance to listen to our or to watch our. Halloween live stream. Yes. Um, I guess it doesn't really make sense to try to advertise it in, in the past, but... No, no, that's uh, the chronology doesn't work. Yeah. However, you know, what you could do, uh, this was on our Twitch uh, account, so Alex and I set up a joint Twitch. Um, I don't know who's going to get the Twitch account in the divorce, but for now, it's it's both of ours, and go over there and watch. We're probably... Not using it very much. But yeah, if it's possible, though, Who it's knows? possible. It's possible we're using it. It's possible that we're using it to do things like play uh, internet backgammon against each other or maybe um, play some of those Adventure Time games that are on the Cartoon Network website or just to chat with you, our lovely fans, and to listen to you yell at us about all the things that we got wrong about Adventure Time episodes we've talked about so far. Perfect. Now, uh, what would that channel be? It is, and I don't want anybody to be shocked by this, WizBiz Podcast. So uh, I'm pretty sure you're thinking about our that's that's our Twitter handle. That is our Twitter handle, uh, and it is also our Instagram handle. But now it is our Twitch handle, oh, WizBiz Podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it, all the same name. It's yeah. like branding and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, please go check us out. I'm sure it's going to be uh, entertaining. Uh, in some way, I don't know if Al Alex, are you good at video games? Uh, I'm not. I'm not useless at them. Okay. I would. I don't really know how to answer that. So, like in the modern parlance, no. But like old school video games, I'm quite good at. Ah, I was never even good at those. I've always been bad at video games. So, so if Alex is playing video games on our Twitch channel, you're probably gonna have a really good time to be like, oh man, look at that dude go! Look at him gobble up those ghosts and all of those magic 
vitamin beans or whatever Pac-Man eats. And if you're watching me, you're going to be like, oh, no, turn left, turn left, turn left, yeah. turn left. Oh, the ghost ate you. No, it's, you know, it's fun for its own reasons. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Schadenfreude. Yeah. So that's it. Yes, yeah, so there's your, your call to action. Follow us on the various social media platforms, including our brand new Twitch. Yeah. and I'm uh, excited about our Twitch. I think it's going to be great. We're going to be the next uh, uh, Hot Girls in Bikinis and Hot Tubs, which is a very, surprisingly, very, very popular category on Twitch. I mean, could we get some kind of like CGI thing that makes us look like Hot Girls with Bikinis? I've noticed that they do have like a CGI thing that can make you look like a talking cat or like a, um, I don't know, uh, like you could look like Mario or something and it would move its mouth in sync with yours. I'm not sure it can make us look like hot girls in bikinis. Mm. But, you know, the technology is is changing every day. Yeah, because I think hot girls in bikinis, I think, would really increase the breadth of our audience. Yeah, I think that would too. Especially if they keep, like we keep our same voices. <laughs> <laughs> I come and step into my van. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot extra of van bikinis. Talk uh, yeah. All right. So that's it. Uh, this has been an episode of WizBiz with Alex and Eric. I've been Alex. And I have been Eric. We will see you next time. Who knows what will happen then? Probably, you know, episodes 17 and 18, I guess. Oh, God. Yeah. That's probably true. Right, see you then. <laughs> Goodbye, Gunter.